What's up ladies and gents, BC here. Welcome back to another video. Today we're gonna talk about cold calling, the two evil words in the dictionary that everybody hates and wants to run away from, right? Even Annabelle back here behind the camera, when I say cold call, she's, she gets a little scared. She's sweating already. So <laughs> let's talk about, uh, let's see, I wrote down seven things to help you guys with cold calling. I recently did one on door knocking and I know that was helpful for you, but let's get into some of the basics here when it comes to, to cold calling, okay? Number one is this, and this is like an attitude and mindset adjustment. It's be assumptive, right? We need to stop going into these calls. Oh my God, I hope they don't reject me. Oh my God, I hope I'm not bugging people with this like, it's like supplication, apologetic air. Why? You're not bugging anybody. You're doing your job. Why would you apologize? It's almost like being on the street and being like, oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry to bother you. You're not bothering anybody, dude. You're asking a question. Ask the question, right? So assumptiveness, a lot of that comes from experience and learning from the right people and being around the right people because it's an attitude and mindset. It's not just the words, because if you say the words, but it's not delivered right, it's not taken as assumptive, it's taken as supplication or scared or apologetic, and you don't want it. This one right here will revolutionize your game if you master it, but again, you need to build this brick by brick, right? When I talk to people, I assume that they're gonna like me, wanna watch my stuff, wanna get on my coaching all the time, which is why you see me and hear me talk about it all the damn time. I'm gonna drill it into you a million times until you do it, right? I would love for every single person who follows me who wants to get better to be on my coaching because it will transform their lives and their businesses for sure. Now, is that gonna happen? Of course not, because I live in reality, but I'm gonna assume that people would wanna do it. This is why I deliver what I say a certain way. This is why I continue to teach the way that I teach and people can learn at the level that they learn from me and the information is delivered and they internalize it at a different level because of many points, but one of them is I'm assumptive. I assume it's gonna be digestible from you, you're gonna understand it and we're gonna do it until you do and I assume that you're gonna be successful. Right? So this assumptiveness needs to come from you. Now, why is this so difficult? Well, the world around us, Everybody displays the opposite. They assume failure. They're not assumptive of success and, oh, it's gonna work and people are gonna wanna talk to me. It's the opposite. They're in fear, they're the victim, right? So this is why you have to craft this over time and really focus on it. And I put it as number one because it is one of the most important things, especially if you're in entrepreneurship and you're in sales, okay? Number two, mirror people's emotional state on the phone. If I call somebody and they sigh, I'm gonna say, Hey, Brian, I need to, like, if they're upset, oh, man, yeah, man, tell me about it. These guys are crazy, right? Like, I need to meet them where they're at. And this is tough because, especially if you're in customer service or you've dealt with when you call these customer service hotlines, you're upset and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. And it's like, dude, ugh, you don't get it. This is why you get more mad because you feel like, even on a subconscious level, they don't understand me. They're not connecting with me, right? I'm angry. You need to be angry, right? And again, this is one of those things you have to drill and work on and you'll get with the experience too, but it is so key. If you can mirror somebody's emotional state effectively and instantaneously when you cold call, man, your ability to open up conversations will just explode and 10X, 100X like immediately because even if they consciously don't want to talk to you, you've done such a good job on a subconscious and subliminal level that they'll just feel compelled to talk to you. And this is the level that I teach people at and, and, and why a lot of what I teach is so effective because even if they don't want to talk to you, they're going to 
that's the language that I've always been exploring as a teacher and as a student is, how can I be irresistible to people? How can I be so good that you can't help but talk to me and wanna buy my stuff? Then add, I'm ethical and I'm gonna do you right. Well, now we have a recipe for success and selling at the highest level. But I'm interested in the language that other people don't know, the hidden language, the unspoken language, the subliminal language. That's what this is. Those first two, being assumptive and mirroring in their emotional state speaks to that. And that's what will put you on a completely different level. Okay, that's number two. Number three, meet them where they're at, right? Now, I, I mean this more on a conscious level now for point three. So if I talk to somebody from a real estate capacity, I call an expired and they immediately start complaining about their agent. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to go down probably to the fourth or fifth question on my script and immediately, oh, interesting. How did, you, how did you choose the agent? How did you pick them? Right? That's like question five or six on my expired script. I need to meet them where they're at. It would be foolish for me to introduce the first question, when are you going to interview agents again? It, it, it breaks rapport. And again, it shows that you're not paying attention. You're not socially savvy. And the unspoken language is this person has no social skills and doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And then consciously, they'll start fighting you. Right? But you need to meet them where they're at. So pay very close attention when people are talking to you in order for you to see where they're at. Look at your script and your dialogue and say, based on what they're saying now, what question corresponds the most with where they're at? That way I can seamlessly get into this conversation and keep it flowing and keep it going and not really break rapport until later where maybe I have to in order to get them to wake up, right? Like a pattern interrupt or something like that, okay? This one again takes skill, but a lot of this can be built through taking a lot of action and role playing. If you role play and you have people really push you, uh, number three, meeting them where they're at can begin to facilitate itself for you. Um, if you do a lot of repetition, 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 okay? That's number three. Number four is the open-endedness of your questions. Who, what, where, when, how? Who, what, where, when, how? When I ask those questions, it implies, again, that I'm going to get an answer that isn't yes or no. And the vast majority, bulk of your questions and how you lead people needs to be who, what, where, when, how, open-ended questions. One of the biggest issues that I see salespeople and people even conversationally uh, run into is Man, you ask too many yes or no questions and too many basic questions where people can close the door on you and not want to talk to you and make it easier for themselves to excuse themselves from a conversation. And that's not what you want. You want to, to get more information and dig. And when I ask exploratory questions that are who, what, where, when, how, right? How did that happen? Who, who uh, made the, the decision specifically, right? What do you think is going to happen here? Where do you think you went wrong, right? That's going to require them to go in their head, think, and give me some sort of answer versus just, again, unconsciously giving me a yes or a no or brushing me off. So make sure you're working and building on your skill set when it comes to the open-ended questions. And if you have to, start creating them so you can add them to your script, right? That way you start using your own thought process to create the questions. That way it'll be that much more effective when you use it, okay? Continuing on. Maintain control and lead. This is a big one. This is another one that's subliminal and subconscious. And again, will get people to comply technically, even if they don't want to, which is why sometimes I'm scared teaching this stuff, because if you use it incorrectly, it could harm people, right? Maintaining control means I'm the one asking the questions and, and leading the conversation and also being assumptive and let's get together. Hey, let's do this. Why don't we do this, right? 
A lot of this has to do with how you respond to their questions and regain control and your ability to continuously lead the conversation forward with your script while asking questions, not going off on tangents, not getting too sidetracked and making sure that again, you're leading them from A to Z. A is hello, Z is let's get together and you set up an appointment, right? A lot of this comes through skill and experience and being taught properly, but at the same time, you need to make sure that you, you, you keep them within the boundaries of the conversation and the scope of the conversation, which is, I want to get a lead, I want to get an appointment, and I want to help them resolve their problem, right? And when you do that, it's easier for you to main, maintain control and lead because what typically happens? You'll let them start asking you questions and you just start answering them, then they bully you off the phone or they end up qualifying you out, or you let them go off on too many stories and side stories and you just get completely derailed from the conversation and now you can't effectively sell them, right? Number six, ask for the meeting multiple times, right? And this is a big one. I run into people who don't ask for the meeting at all or only ask once. It's like, dude, you know how indecisive people are? Again, classic example I say, they can't even choose what they're gonna eat at a restaurant or on a daily basis without racking their brains. You think they're gonna commit to meeting with you, a stranger, that easily? Now, sometimes they do, but most cases and more often than not, it's gonna take three, four, five, six times. So if you know that, when you ask them, and you hear a no, you don't get, oh, deflated or derailed. You're like, okay, cool, this is the first no. Now the game has begun, let's get into it. And this is where your skill and your ability to be, again, socially um, savvy and smooth and to carry the conversation comes in and you now start asking multiple times, you go back, you bring up motivation, you ask again, then you take a step back and keep, and, and this is again an art form that you have to work on, but you'll, experience a lot less internal resistance if you understand, I'm probably gonna get a no the first time, right? Because then it doesn't throw you off and it's like, okay, great, now we're in the game, okay? Cool. And lastly, man, this is a big one and it's tough for people, is never take things personal. You're gonna get rejected, you're cold calling, you're doing one of the most difficult things. You're going door to door, you're cold calling, you're talking to strangers, it's one of the most simple yet difficult activities because it bruises people's egos. It's not fun to get rejected over and over and over and over and subject ourselves to that kind of emotional punishment per se, right? But it's a necessary element in this process and you have to do it. But why would we take it personal? Well, here's the easiest solution I can give you. You versus your business offering are two separate entities. So when they say no and they're rejecting them and they're mad and they're cussing or whatever, they're doing that towards your business offer, not you personally. They don't know Brian or John or Sally or whatever. They don't know you on a personal level, so they're not rejecting you. And why would you take it on a personal level? They're rejecting your offer and what they view and think about that offer. That's one of the easiest ways mentally to not take it personal. Now, through time and repetition and proper guidance, you will eventually not take it personal. However, you have to play the game because you're gonna take it personal. Everybody does to a degree when they're new, but the more saturated you are in regards to a lot of action and repetitions, the quicker you're gonna get over it. So tiptoeing in this case and doing it a little bit and putting your toes in the water and not jumping in is not gonna help you. It's gonna prolong the suffering. Jump in, go all out, right? And very quickly you'll build the thick skin and you won't take it personal anymore, okay?
that's it for this one, guys. Again, BrianCasella.com for all the services that we offer, courses, coaching, and all that stuff. You can set up a strategy call as well on the link in my bio on Instagram. If you want to talk to me about making a positive change to make more money and grow your business in real estate, schedule a call below and talk to me about real brokerage. We have a lot to offer. My network agent count has reached over 100. We're moving and shaking, and we have a lot of quality people, and I'm sure it can help you. Okay, that's it for this one, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace.